we start out the year for 2022, demand will still be strong. And then the second assumption that we can make is that labor will still be hard to come by. So we're going to get our pricing even higher, pick even better jobs, really focus on this process of reviewing jobs before we select them. Sales meeting where we talk about all upcoming estimates for the next week. We talk about the type of estimate, what the opportunity is. Uh, We coach each other on keeping our prices up. So we have not discounted jobs this winter. We're still charging full retail rate. This is the first year in my history that I didn't have to give away jobs to get people busy. Hey everyone, welcome back to another great episode of Out of the Hourglass. My name is Molly Nolan and I am back today as your host for the second to last episode of 2021. Today we're talking with Kevin Nolan, CEO of Nolan Painting and partner at Nolan Consulting Group about the recap of 2021, the overarching plans for Nolan Painting in 2022, and when they intend to share the vision with the rest of the company. I've had the privilege of having this annual conversation with Kevin the last several years, and it's always fascinating to look at what we thought was going to happen, what's being planned for the year ahead, but what always remains the same is the importance of sharing with the team. We create the plan, we cascade the plan. As we wrap up 2021 over here, we wish all of our listeners a happy holidays and a safe new year. Out of the Hourglass is a podcast channel dedicated to helping small business owners and contractors visualize their goals, develop high-performing teams, and build sustainable growth. It's time to get out of the Hourglass. Welcome back to another episode of Out of the Hourglass. I'm here with Kevin Nolan. Kevin, welcome. Welcome, Molly. Thank you for having me. Of course. It's a you know, it's December 21st and I was looking back at my calendar the last couple of years. And this is the time that you and I connect to talk about next year and a status update of the year as it is, what you guys are thinking for the year to come. So this is, you know, we're, we're back to our, our annual planning discussion. Feels good. Well, and it's also the shortest day of the year, the beginning of winter. It and is. so it's a significant day with the solstice. Uh, and yeah, it's a significant time. It's a little bit of a stressful time for everybody, but usually it's a happy stress. Um, but it's a little stressful to be a business owner. Um, and one of the reasons is, is I'm still working on my business plan. As we believe many of our clients out there are, many other business owners are, there's, you have an idea of what next year is going to look like, but you're wrapping up the final details. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, but before we do that, Kev, give me, a, an, a, give me a kind of a glimpse of what this year has looked like for you. How has 2021 shaped up? Well, I, you know, I had read, I, I just had a company meeting, uh, Zoom meeting last Thursday, and I read the, the, the vision for 2021. Uh, out loud. I mean, that's the true measure of accountability, right? You basically put it down on paper and then you look at it a year later and you share with the whole team um, how you did. And um, I'm, I'm always pretty comfortable with that type of accountability. I usually measure up pretty good. Um, but as I said to them on the call the other day, uh, this was the second strangest year I've ever had in my business. Um, it's mm-hmm. been just tough to predict. Um, and having said that, it's been by all measures a great year um, for a lot of reasons, but it's not, it's not like it's a simple answer, right? It's right. just been a strange year, what with COVID still continuing, even as we speak to Rampage. Um, me having gotten three shots and a year ago, having had none and, and being like most people concerned, but then here I find myself 
concerned about getting the latest variant, but um, but as far as business goes, you know, we were talking about the fact that COVID was going to highly impact the year, at least the first half of it. We had, at the time we had uh, all the news stories talked about the vaccine was coming and coming and coming, and in fact, the first doses were given exactly a year ago at the end of December. That's right. I remember that. So we were all pretty confident that once we got through the first couple months of the winter, um, that, you know, the light was going to be at the end of the tunnel. Um, and I was concerned about, like I'd been through the whole thing, that that customers were going to panic, that we were going to have job cancellations, um, either in mass or just at inappropriate times. Like, you know, and there was some. There was no in mass cancellations. Um, most people, it's the opposite. Most people have been very anxious to have us, and we've had more demand than we've ever would have expected. Um, so, so there's been there's been uh, minor cancellations and minor tweaks that have kept our numbers a little bit down. You know, uh, but the biggest issue for 2021 was labor, right. uh, inability to even get close to the feet on the street projections that we had hoped to get to. Um, so we we basically made it through the first quarter uh, pretty well. I think we had some snowstorms in February. We missed our revenue projection for the month of February. Um, and then uh, by the second quarter, we were feeling pretty good. And just about that time, we had the great resignation. Uh, happened all over the country, happened to us. Uh, we lost about 15 people that left us in April, um, another few left in May, um, either to go work for competitors or work for themselves. Um, all totaled, uh, we're down uh, from where we were, about 20 people from where we were two, uh, where we were a year ago. Okay. Uh, we're down about 50 people from pre-pandemic times. So right now we're, we're just over 100 people, um, all in, that's feet in the street and that's office as well. Uh, so, uh, so that was the big thing. And, and I felt pretty vulnerable, like most business owners losing employees. Uh, and, uh, the, then the next issue was how to keep the ones that, that we have, mm -hmm. how to keep them happy. Um, and so we did what most business owners did. We did a lot of increase in wages and benefits and, uh, and most employees in our company got two to three raises throughout the course of the year if they were here in January till now. So that was good for them. Mm -hmm. uh, we gave everybody an extra week's vacation in the company. We gave everybody five paid holidays. Uh, we lowered the deductible on our health insurance. Uh, so we've made a lot of changes that would benefit the employee. Um, and then of course we did a program that has subsequently been named Nolan Adventures. Um, the first name was Operation Reengage. The second name was summer of fun, uh, but now it's become sort of a permanent part of our business. Nolan Adventures is the, the, new, um, the new name and the new program. Uh, we had 23 events that we invited our employees to, all at no cost to our employees. Everything from uh, paintball, uh, which one of our employees broke his leg at. Oh no, I didn't hear to, that. To painting with a Zen. Which was, uh, which was like a painting class, uh, to whitewater parks and to uh, whitewater rafting, 
uh, the zoo. Uh, we went to amusement parks. We learned how to shoot, how to shoot skeet, how to do uh, ropes and zip lines. Um, we did hiking trips. So that was a lot of fun. And I think it achieved what we wanted to was to take our, our mind off of some of the other external factors and just focus on having some fun. And the attempt was to get everybody back to, to normal. So, um, so it's a big, key, a big focus on, uh, on employees and the culture. Yeah. And so, uh, and make sure that they knew that that was a, a strong priority of ours. Right. Yeah. And to get people re-engaged because um, a year ago we all felt very isolated in our own homes and our own workspaces. Mm -hmm. um, and then our, our key initiatives for the year, we were very successful on uh, most of them. Um, we, we, we were looking to increase and um, really make our safety program more relevant. Uh, to that end, we hired a safety manager, which has been a home run, just a great decision. Our safety manager is doing a great job. I'm sure everybody at Summit will get to meet him because he'll eventually bleed over into, uh, hopefully into Nolan Consulting Group and a lot of things that we do. Um, we wanted to increase our communication strategy. A year ago, I was almost like a deer in headlights. I didn't really have a comfortable way to meet people on a regular basis. Um, and now it's all through Zoom every week and every month, a company meeting and we have Zoom rules and we have 98% attendance, which we're happy about at our Zoom meetings. Um, and we feel very comfortable about it and not weird. And uh, we just had one with a quizzo and prizes were given out. So our communication strategies really improved. Uh, we have some thoughts on how we can do better in the year come. Um, scheduling was a big rock for us. We did, uh, I thought we did a terrible job in 2020 with scheduling, with how we told customers uh, dates and how we didn't stick to those dates. And uh, I felt like that was not the kind of company I wanted to be a part of, that we wanted to get more exacting. And we built a whole new scheduling system, made a whole lot of different assumptions about what it was like to be booked and not to, to, be, not to ever overbook. Our new scheduling system does not allow for overbooking. And so therefore, if I tell someone a said date in the future, uh, we can we can be there when we say we are, which is one of our promises to our customers. So we want to be on time. And that has really been a big change for us uh, to be able to manage that effectively. Um, we, I guess uh, one of the measurements I used was uh, when we when we can't do a job the next week, we call that pushing it to the following. And when a customer can't do a job next week, we call that postponing, allowing the customer to postpone. But if we do it, we call it pushing, and we're trying not to push. We're trying only to allow customers to postpone. And then if you want to pull a job up from a, from a future weeks, that's fine. So we've got a whole language around it, changed our whole culture on scheduling. Um, training, that was a big rock for us, and we, uh, we did a great job there, too. Every single week, we've gone through a different learning path module or leadership competency. And we reviewed it with the whole company, updated it, added videos, new content. Um, and then uh, the next week did another one. And that's been um, a really positive uh, structure for the company that I really like that we're doing it as a team, weekly, um, bit by bit by bit, 52 weeks a year. Um, and then training, more or less training the trainers. 
Um, and then the one that we've struggled really a lot on has been recruiting. Um, we had a recruiting plan uh, in place and um, a lot of it involved trying to reach into high schools. And last year, particularly in the spring of 20, this year, the spring of 2021, the high schools still were not meeting in person. Um, and so there's not been a good opportunity to get into those schools. Um, and even now it's still a little bit problematic, but uh, we do have that as a 2022 action item. It's our biggest rock, which is to develop a world-class high school recruiting program. And we are making more progress now. We've already had contacts with schools. They are receptive. We have two programs. We have basically a work study program for February through the end of the year. And then we also have um, a, just a general plan where we have a, a one year development track for graduates of high school uh, to get them uh, to a certain uh, monetary level after one year um, with benefits and all that. And we're publicizing that to schools uh, and also trying to get it home to parents to let them know what a great opportunity we have. Healthcare, 401k, paid time off, paid holidays, paid training, um, a great place to work, great pay. Um, we think we actually offer a really great program for a young person, and we're going to really take it on the road this year and make it happen. So I'm glad to have a body of work to do for that. Um, so it bottom line, like we did not hit our numbers that we okay. predicted a year ago. We were hoping to do 11.5 million. I wrote it down. We didn't hit it. Um, we were actually going to do about 11.1 million. Um, but we knew that after the first two quarters and we had two reforecasts. So we reforecast after uh, March um, and then we reforecast again after June. It's important to reforecast because at that point you, you need another map for the next 90 days or next 180 days or whatever's left of the year. Right. The current, the current map doesn't work anymore because you've, yes. you wrote yeah. it all, you, you, you left the trail, you left the path that was, that was set out. Yeah. I mean, if we're not going to, if we're down 20 employees or so, then we're clearly not going to hit our feet in the street numbers. Having said that, um, we, we did raise prices throughout the course of the year, fairly dramatically. And we, which has helped us pay for all these wages increases. Um, but we haven't raised wages and benefits as, apparently as fast because our direct labor costs continue to be fairly low and well within range, meaning I have still opportunity to continue to offer raises and benefits, which is great. Um, mm -hmm. But our profitability has been through the charts. Um, one, because we raised rates, which was great. I think we've also been more careful about the type of jobs we pick. Uh, but then the other strange thing is, and uh, we didn't spend any money on marketing this year to speak of. Uh, didn't need to. Book the whole year. Uh, book solid. Um, we also didn't spend much on recruiting. Um, after the first quarter, maybe into the second quarter, when we realized that the recruiting strategy was not working and the whole country was trying to find people and they weren't coming back to work and there was this unemployment subsidy, what, whatever, uh, we just stopped looking. We figured the fishing's no good. Don't spend money on recruiting. We had spent a fair amount on, on radio and TV and and some other social media recruiting, and we just we pretty much cut the budget 
cut the budget on marketing, cut the budget on recruiting, spend some money on Nolan Adventures. But the net result was a couple hundred thousand dollars in savings. Wow. So you add that all up, we're, we're basically looking at a, a profit, you know, about double what we expected, um, which, you know, blows my mind. Yeah. Um, um, and then the other thing is, since we were so booked up, the sales team, I have this great sales team, and I've been making sure to give them kudos because I'm, I'm often tough on them, but they've been great this past year. Um, they became, we lowered their quotas, but we increased their project management responsibilities. And that has um, helped us do a better job at staging jobs so that they're ready to go when the jobs start, complete with you know all the materials ordered, all the decisions made, um, and all the paperwork in order, deposits made, um, and then even ultimately collecting on the final balance. So the, the, the sales people have been very adaptive and I've really appreciated um, you know, their uh, attitude of uh, add value. So, so in an over overarching way, I mean, it was a, it was a pretty good year at Nolan yeah. Painting. And I mean, you hit most of your, of your big rocks, you know, and I'm, I've, I've had a sneak peek of your 2022 business plan draft. And it's nice to see that some of those big rocks have now made it into that strengths column when you've done your SWOT analysis. That's true. Yeah. You know, you've moved it That's from a scheduling. Big Our yeah. scheduling is a strength now. It went from a weakness to a strength. And as you know, that's probably the most fun in business when you can turn a weakness into strength. Yep. I mean, I'm seeing straight, uh, safety on here. That was another rock you just mentioned. Weakness into strength. Yep. This, and the scheduling uh, amongst many other things. Your sales team that you just mentioned is a strength on there. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, we see your recruiting, which was a big rock this past year, is going to be another big rock in this in this coming year is listed as a weakness. Um, yep. And that's okay. There's there's always going to be, if you, if you have big rocks for the year, and you hit 90% of them and you, one of them needs focus, it's okay to shift that into the next year and put some higher attention on it. Didn't mean you failed. It just means- Well, I mean, the, the, the reality of it is, is the, the, the conditions are what the conditions are. You have to accept what right. you accept and then only say to yourself, right. what can I do about it? And uh, we're not punishing ourselves, um, but we are obviously need to do better. Right. And we're, we're gonna do better, so yeah. So one last question before we we move into 2022. Uh, when you read the 2021 vision out loud to the company this past week, uh, what what like, how close were you to your predictions that you had written out last year? Uh, you know, I, I think we're probably probably 60 or 70 percent of what we predicted, which is not as good, particularly since we didn't hit the revenue number, didn't hit the feet of the street number. Uh, never planned on having Nolan Adventures until a little later. So some of that stuff wasn't, wasn't correct either, either because I didn't add it till later or, or because we were just flat out wrong. Um, but having said that, you know, like I told the team, uh, we're usually pretty good. We're usually bang on. I mean, we've been really close a lot of years, uh, but this year and last year have been strange years, but that doesn't mean that it wasn't a tremendously useful exercise to do this vision plan because, um, it really allowed us to pivot and make changes because the vision was so real. Like, um, so when I write a vision, write it down, and then I read the vision out loud, I mean, it's almost, it's almost freaking reality at this point. Like I've read it, I've listened to it, I've said it, I've wrote, you know, I wrote it down. It almost feels like it really happened. 
And that's kind of what the, what the, what the exercise is supposed to do, right? Mm-hmm. I, I pick a date in the future, and I started off dead wrong by saying, I'm addressing you tonight from the holiday party. We didn't have a holiday party this year. <laughs> so it was right there. It was like wrong. Um, but nonetheless, um, we don't want to give up on this exercise because we were able to pivot very quickly uh, the, those first two quarters and make a lot of changes because we recognized that our, vi- our vision, which was very real, was not matching the reality, which is also real. Right. <laughs> and so we need, we, so that, that, um, that disconnect, that dissonance needs to be resolved. And so, so you sort of rewrite another one, maybe not in full blast, but you make those corrections, make those changes, tell the team what the new changes are, why you're making them, you know, what didn't work. Um, and, you know, it's this transparency piece. Like, I don't even know half the time whether my employees are paying as much attention as I think they are, but I know that a lot are. Mm-hmm. And that for me, one of the implementers, one of the executors of this plan, oh, it's real. Like when I tell it out loud, and as you know, me hitting my goals is a big thing. I don't sleep too well if I don't hit my goals. <laughs> I also know I don't always hit my goals, but I'm never comfortable in a world where I don't hit my goals. There's never a so, lack of effort. Yeah. So that just means, um, you know, not beat yourself up, like you just said. It's not like it's right. a failure. It just means you've got to pay attention because there's dissonance. There's not prediction, reality, off, fix. Like that's the way I look at it. Um, it's like a little formula. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, you just try to plan, try to do, check it out and then make the changes. PDC. So let, let's talk about 2022, you know, where, as, as we said, kind of at the beginning of this episode, you are in the process with your team of wrapping up what the business plan is going to look like. Um, like many other business owners are out there. What is what is your goal? When do you want to have this sign seal delivered by? January 1st. January so, 1st. Yep. Just as a matter of technicality. Mm-hmm. Um, there's only a couple of things we have left to do. Uh, we've already got our budget all worked out. We've already got all of the um, individual months with the individual uh, quotas for the teams individual quotas for all the salespeople. Um, CFO Steve is just another great job of, of behind the scenes doing all that. Lots of numbers crunching. Uh, and we've got, I believe we have our action items locked in. Although like I told you the other day, there's not as many, but that, that, that recruiting is one mighty big rock. Mm-hmm. So uh, I've got a couple others. So we've got some action items that we've got them all pretty much sorted out. My vision is uh, 80 or 90% complete. Um, hopefully it's not 60% wrong, uh, <laughs> or 40% wrong even, um, but it's, it's near the thing. The only thing is to actually work out the, some pay for performance items. So we take the key performance indicators and we assign points to them to individuals. So we're still making some decisions about um, feet on the street and how to, whether we should, um, you know, make it a make it a point for different people to work. You know, to receive when they, we hit that number. Uh, we're still working at some of the individual points and how they're going to be distributed. But um, it's really just some final decisions, and we'll be done. Um, and then we will. We actually technically have. Uh, we want to get all those those done so that people know what their marching instructions are. Um, but 
we won't have another meeting of the whole company until uh, January. Uh, I'm looking at my date here, 3rd January. So I guess it's January 20th. I'll be uh, on the Zoom call picking up where I left off, which is reading the vision for 2022, going through all the action ends with the whole company. And, uh, and then I'm challenging John Meyer, which I didn't indicate, which was a, it was in the vision. Uh, John Meyer was promoted to president in September and I'm challenging him to build a three-year vision. So I'm building the one-year vision mostly because I've done it so many years. He's still working, you know, he's still got, he's still got training wheels on when it comes to vision, learning how to vision. Mm-hmm. It's not so easy anyway. Um, so he's going to do a three-year vision. My thinking there is uh, in three years, I intend to give up the role as CEO. Um, I, I would rather have him and, and, my, and my other management team and, and even my kids who are very much involved in this process. I'd like to have them involved in what the three-year vision is because that's the company they're going to inherit. And I want to make sure that they are, they're building that um, not me building that. Um, and that's where the buy-in will come from when they decide. I don't think there'd be that many changes because, you know, we've always been in the same mindset anyway. Like, I mean, the, the management team signs off on the vision and it's, they inspire the vision. So nothing much will change. John's been very much a part of that. Um, right. It's not like one person has been commandeering the ship this whole this whole time. Right. The management team has been very much involved in exactly in working with you on on the future of the company. Yes. So uh, so yeah. So we've got a few action items in it to uh, to talk about, which I'm excited to um, talk about. And one of them is actually succession. Uh, we have succession as one of the action items. And when I think about succession, by the way, I don't just think about me leaving. Um, we are going to lose um, a number of talented people over the next uh, three to five years. Um, and they all need to have succession plans in place. Um, so, um, so in like, for instance, in the case of the COO, whose other title is vice president of operations, um, in five years, he's going to be retiring and my son, Kevin, will take over his job five years. That's a long time. But as long as Kev knows what it, what the job needs to look like, what he's getting trained in that, it's right. plenty of time uh, to him, for him to know the path forward. Um, and then, of course, the CFO, Steve, uh, that'll be five years. And that's also big boots to fill. And we have somebody who we feel uh, confident can step into his role. Um, so I I've started to think in terms of training them to be leaders. Um, and we have another one that we're calling another rock that we're calling team development. Um, so for instance, we were just talking, we have a training committee meeting, we were getting ready for it. And normally I would uh, take over and train on, I don't know, Dale Carnegie, you know, golden rules, or I would do a session on emotional intelligence uh, for the whole company on Zoom just because emotional intelligence is something that's part of our culture. And yet maybe a lot of people haven't seen it between the last couple of years. I haven't done it live in a number of years. Um, 
I could very easily do emotional intelligence for the whole company in 20 minutes on a Zoom call, you know, some Wednesday morning at one of our operations meeting, or I could get my field managers to do a training on emotional intelligence. We all know Kevin can do it. The question is, is can they do it? <laughs> and I keep telling myself, that's where I have to be working is getting them to do more, mm -hmm. me to do less, um, train the trainer, make sure that they know that they have to be the voice of Nolan painting, not just me anymore, or not even me. Right. Um, so that, so succession, team development, high school recruitment, and work study program. Those are three. And then the fourth one is one that we actually started working on. I alluded to it earlier. Um, it's um, staging. Um, we really want um, to continue to refine that. We're close. We didn't think it was quite done enough to say continuous improvement. Um, we think that there's still more work to do with uh, having everything lined up, possibly a, a portal for customers to go to and um, upload their color information and uh, get them more involved in seeing when they're being scheduled and how long they, we think the job is gonna take. Just some customer information that would also put some more responsibility on them. Uh, that's, a, that's a staging uh, big rock that we already do reasonably well, but we could definitely do better and it's not, not finished. We really want all paint to be at jobs at day one, first thing in the morning, all the paint for the whole job. Um, no, no, no back and forth to paint stores. Um, no, no driving around looking for materials, which has been tough this year because of the material shortages. Right. And so, and I know you, you mentioned this when we talked about 2021, how the sales team, the quotas were dropped in this past year, and they really focused on that staging and that kind of project management, looking at this big rock for 2022 staging is still a primary focus. I see that Jim is an, is the is the owner of that big rock. He's a yes. you know a senior estimator. Are you still looking are, is that is that perspective kind of still shifting to 2022? Have you lowered quotas still a little bit so that sales has a big part in this rock? Yes. Um, what we're really so we I, when we when we start out the year for 2022, I think there's two assumptions. I've been talking out loud with people um, since October, and I don't, because that's when we started this process. I, I don't, I don't think anybody disagrees that that demand will still be strong uh, for most of 2022. Demand for our services, mm -hmm. um, and then the second assumption that we can make is that labor will still be hard to come by. So yep. uh, those are two assumptions that I think is are as certain as I could be. Uh, so, uh, so we're going to, you know, get our pricing even higher, pick even, even better jobs, like really focus on this process of reviewing jobs before we select them. Um, we do a sales meeting where we talk about all upcoming estimates for the next week. We talk about the type of estimate, what the opportunity is. Uh, we coach each other on keeping our prices up. Um, so we have not discounted um, jobs this winter. We're still charging full retail rate, our top dollar. Um, this is the first year in my history that I didn't have to give away jobs to get people busy, just keep people, get work. It's so wild. 
We could continue to have high revenue per hour numbers, um, even in the winter. I mean, Kev, thinking about all the years that you've been in business, that's a a long time. And the fact that this is- 40 years, and I haven't said the word discount. Yeah, that's that's a wild fact. It is. And, you know, I see I see other contractors advertising discounts and I I just want to make sure that they understand that they're the ones that said it. If you say discounts, customers will remember it. Um, we've had a couple customers ask us if we're doing a discounting this year and we said, no, sorry. Um, so we just aren't. It's it's simply a matter of supply and demand. Right. We don't mark things up and then mark them down. That's just not our style. Um, mm-hmm. Right now, we're just marking them up. Yeah, which is great. So higher prices means that they're naturally going to be more revenue because if you raise your prices five or 10%, that's five or 10% more revenue, um, which means maybe they don't necessarily have to do more jobs to do that. So, um, so yes. So we think by raising prices, slightly lowering sales quotas that we'll be able to expect more of our salespeople. And we've tied them now in their pay for performance to product, to productivity. Um, which we didn't used to. And this might be kind of going a little off tangent, but I feel like I have to jump on this while we're here. That's got to help the ops sales relationship a little bit. Ops and sales are always a a push and pull, right? Especially in busy times of the years like the summer and sales is selling, selling, selling and ops and production is trying to keep up. Has has changing this perspective a little bit and getting sales a little bit more aligned with, with operations from the staging component has that helped has it helped the relationship yeah so anybody that's ever been in operations realized how hard it is and so sales uh doesn't feel sorry for themselves they feel sorry for operations more now they realize mm-hmm. it's like they'll be like it's hard work those guys work hard they you know they it's a different relationship it's more like uh empathy and support yeah. Um, as opposed to, we generally would have, you know, I wouldn't say we had a counterculture by any stretch, but we would have sales versus operations. Right. You know, we would joke about it. And, um, but if you're involved in operations, you are appreciative of that group of people mm-hmm. just because you realize how hard it is. So I definitely have seen um, more cooperation, more support, uh, more empathy from the salespeople uh, to the operations. And they're willing to do anything they can to help out. And yeah, it's tightened the group up and I've been really proud of the sales team. I I just, you know, I made some gut decisions to let some salespeople go and keep others. And I've been overstaffed in the sales category, but I was so happy with my team and I know how hard it is to get salespeople, good salespeople, that I just simply wasn't ready to go there where I would cut them, you know, I'd keep them. I've told them I'm keeping you guys on. That's what we're doing. We're going to make it work. Um, and, um, so now they they feel confident and you've got, you know, growth plans for the future. I know, you know, so for 2022, it looks like you're looking at 11.5. That's the the goal. So we're going for the number that we didn't hit this year. Right. So (laughs) we try, try again. Um, but it, it, you know, 2023, 2024, the hope is that you continue to, to get back up to that. I mean, your 2019 number, you hit 12 million, right? Yes. Yeah. So the goal is to get back there and to continue growing. Yeah. And, you know, I've been through this before, like you say, I've been at it a long time. And <clears throat> I was stuck at 5 million <clears throat> for the guts of 10 years. From two th- we, hit two, we hit 5 million in 2005, I think. And then we were there just a little higher in 2006 and seven. 
And then 2008 was a recession and we were way below it. And then um, a couple of years later, 2012, we're back at 5 million again. And uh, so that whole stretch, there was a lot of years sort of stuck in that, whatever that world was and whatever those paradigms happened, you know, we were stuck in those. But um, we're sort of in that now with the $10 million number, you know, 10 or $11 million. We're sort of stuck there for a while. It's not a bad place to be. It, it's better than it was being stuck at $5 million, just saying, because ultimately um, we have uh, more, more resources available to us than we were a $5 million company. And right. we've managed to keep our, um, our overhead relatively low. And so our profitability is high. Mm -hmm. where before my overhead often would eat into my profitability. But um, yeah, no, our financial numbers this year were stellar. Um, you know, I've, I've said it to myself and I've said it to others, um, the, 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 uh, the maxim, which is uh, revenue is vanity and profit is sanity, meaning, um, you know, growing and telling people that you're going to do 12 million, 15 million. Those are all great things to say, vanity. Um, mm -hmm. but boy, it feels good to just, the bottom line is good. That's really what it's all about. Yeah. And that's where you sleep well at night and security and sanity. And it feels healthy. You have a yeah. healthy business. Yeah. You know, and not to be undone, um, not to forget a big factor that's taken place over the last 20 months. And certainly part of it was 2021 is uh, PPP money. Mm -hmm. Um, so we got a lot of PPP money. Um, and the reason is, is because we were a legitimate business with real employees, no subcontractors, uh, no cash business, all employees. I think the number was like 157 of people I had. Um, and as a result, we got a lot of PPP money um, and we still have it. We've saved it. Um, we haven't spent it. Um, so we're really financially the strongest we've ever been in our history. Um, one of the things that we're looking to do is I'm looking to borrow money from myself in the future, not to, as I transition out of Nolan painting, I don't want to borrow any more money. So okay. uh, this might be the first year that we don't need to use a credit line. Wow. Uh, and therefore we won't have to pay a credit line back. That should create a virtuous cycle where I have more money next year to mm -hmm. put away. And I have to use a credit line for next year, hoping. Um, but this money that we put away, we're going to borrow. So when we buy a vehicle, we're going to borrow money from ourselves, pay ourselves back with a schedule with 4% interest. And then I won't have to personally guarantee anything again. And so I can get out of the business without any personal guarantees. And that's just a great place to be in. Um, it is. I mean, and, and to get to that place and to be, practicing that method uh, requires a lot of discipline. I mean, there and, and staying on top of it and not saying, oh, we can skip this month because it's just, you know, we're paying it back to ourselves. Yeah, well, like, as I've said before, and Jocko Willing says, discipline is freedom because um, it is ultimately freedom. If I can maintain the discipline, then it gives me that right. ultimate freedom. Discipline uh, is freedom and a healthy financial status helps you, keeps you sleeping. <laughs> Yeah. And I mean, I, I get it. I didn't necessarily earn all this money, but it's here. And we've had a lot of things go against us in the years past. And we've had, you know, IRS issues and OSHA issues. So things, you know, it's a game of chance. And this chance happened to come up really good for us. You so got to take have, the win we, when you can get one. We keep it. We call it a capital investment account. And we intend to see it grow, not shrink uh, forever. So 
Uh, I'll actually leave the business and leave that money in the business. That's my plan. So. And so to um, move on from the big rocks a little bit, I want to just hit another thing here. Um, you have, you added another page to your business plan called continuous improvement items. And this, these are items that were big rocks from last year. And I know you have some thoughts around this. A big rock is something that you work on, you start and you finish and you move on from it. Um, but right. you're seeing these particular area, safety, training, and scheduling. They're, yes. they're now strengths of yours, right. but you're not ever, for you, they're not ever going to be dumb. There's always more you can do. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So we want to make sure that they are forefront, that we're treating them special, that we're not letting them drift out of our major focus. And so we have a whole page that, it's not a whole page, it's just a page. It's, and we have, we're defining some of the work to be done in 2022. They're not, it's not necessarily beginning and end, like you said. It's mm-hmm. more like work to be done. Um, and so we want to still continue to weekly go over our training program and make it better every single week with more pictures, more videos, more content, um, more engagement from the people that are doing the training. Um, we want to do that every single week. We want safety to be... You know, one of the things I talked about safety over the course of the last year internally was I, I think safety consists of, of three areas of work. One would be training safety, right? You train mm-hmm. safe practices. Another would be like awareness and like we do huddles and things like that to raise awareness. But then the third piece, which is the one I was missing, was enforcement. Um, and that's where my manager comes in and he's doing audits on every job. And he wants to continue to uh, refine that process. We want to change the PFP that the employees get from doing safety huddles to get a bonus to having an audit scoring very well and getting bonuses. So that's, that's a change that is going to happen in January, but yet um, we're still tweaking it. We're, still, we're going to still continually uh, do that. And then scheduling, I, I, I just have this big fear that if we don't, have a weekly meeting about the rules of the game that is scheduling, then we're going to start to get back into our sloppy ways. Sales guys like to sell, even if there's nothing to sell, they want to sell it. And we can't sell openings we don't have. Um, hence, hence the ops sales uh, struggle yeah. sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so unlike Big Rocks, which should have an owner and a yes. due date necessarily, um, these continuous improvement items, continuous, continuous improvement items, it's a big, a big statement there. They don't have distinct due dates and they don't have distinct own distinct owners. They are being put on a weekly management team agenda. Yeah, I would say that the CEO is required to make sure to make sure that it's being pushed and the president to make sure that these that these don't get forgotten, mm-hmm. but they all have multiple owners. You know, the, for instance, the safety, you would, you know, naturally you would think the safety manager is, but he started in, in July, the safety manager with no, no painting or even um, residential construction and experience. He had, he had some commercial uh, road construction, which is, you know, oh, okay. wholly different, but nonetheless, um, he's a quick learner. And, but we still have a full year to go with him where, we'd already had the body of work done when he started in July and he took over and was learning it. And, and now really is in the, now really is in the driver's seat, but he, for instance, he still has to, um, you know, go through the first cycle of lead training mm-hmm. um, and 
uh, hazardous communication training and some of the other safety items, electrical safety, the things that um, that he that he missed the first year. Right, uh, right. And so, so eventually, he will own that completely. Yes. Uh, but but for now, it stays on the continuous improvement with him yeah. kind of in the driver's seat. He's not the expert yet, and he will yeah. be at the time. But he's not the expert yet, and we want to make sure that all the knowledge and experience that we have gets passed on to him. Yep. Um, so. Uh, so, yeah, so we, we have regular meetings about uh, these three items. Um, they've become regular, you know, formatted meetings. And I, I suspect that that will continue indefinitely. I think Just it's more a, meetings is what it comes down to. <laughs> more meetings. Yeah. But more meetings that have a purpose, an agenda, and a length of time exactly. so that they are an effective yeah. use of everyone. We don't co-mingle these ideas. We, we focus on them, just like you said, with mm -hmm. a purpose agenda and a length. Yep. yep. Um, and I just want to make sure that we hit, you mentioned it before a, a couple minutes ago, but this whole process of talking about next year started in early October. This it is, did. so e even though we say right now, you're not quite done, there's still a couple more things like the PFP you're, you're looking to finalize. There's so much information and so much prep work that goes into the creation of this business plan. It is, you, you start it at the beginning of Q4 and yeah. it, it lasts all the way up until Jan 1. And for some companies, there it'll probably extend into the first few weeks of 2022. That naturally will happen. Uh, I think But the point is, this is not, this should not be a rushed process because no. things should be discussed and things. Well, like I, so I'll, I'll agree to that with one caveat at some point shortly and i get it some folks might be still working on this into the january but at some point you do have to um close the book on planning and start doing so right. um and then we get to open the book three months later doing a quarterly a quarterly um process of looking at the 90-day goals and the big rocks in 90 days and see how we did and we should open the plan again in 90 days make sure there's no dust on it uh, but then close it again. You have to make decisions on things mm -hmm. and move along. So you don't want this plan to never be finished. You want to finish it right, wrong, 70% right, 30% wrong, whatever. You just want to call it done and start to act on it um, and then reevaluate and make changes. Uh, that just seems to be um, my, my approach. It doesn't involve any procrastination. It only involves you know, getting it good enough that it's, that I'm comfortable that we can roll with it. Mm -hmm. um, and then um, stopping every three months and reevaluating. So reevaluating, getting to doing again and getting to communicating any of the changes to your team. I think that's one thing that we will always, you know, try to hit home with any of our listeners is the importance of cascading the plan, cascading the changes to the plan so that your team like you said, knows their marching orders, knows their responsibilities, knows their their part and the, yep. what they what they play on the team uh, to kind of bring it all home at the end of the year. Yeah, yeah, no question about it. And you know, there are other things like um, I'm looking here on my my list here uh, vehicle needs. Um, I last week, so I've already gotten started on this. Last week, uh, I was I went down to the the Ford dealership. And I, um, I ordered six more vehicles. So now I have a total of eight vehicles ordered. Uh, they're going to come in over the course of the next months. I don't know. I may not see them until September. I don't know what's going on, but I have to my, know these days. <laughs> have my orders in. I ordered another piece of high reach equipment, uh, which probably won't come till July. 
Uh, but if I want high reach equipment, I need to order it now. So, well, that's uh, part yeah. of the doing. You're you're already getting started. Yes. You're not you're not waiting for the very last you know period or exclamation point to be put on that plan. You are getting started on the things that you know. Yeah, I mean, I after we 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 had a session on a couple of weeks back on fleet needs, and I you know with all the news, I normally wouldn't have jumped as fast, but with all the news of all these backlogs, and I thought I I I've already got that worked out. We've already had a meeting on it. We've already determined what our vehicle needs are going to be. Mm-hmm. We've already determined that we do want to order a high reach. Like there's no point in waiting because we're going right. to wait on the back end on this. So we right. might as well get the orders in. Um, so that was easy. And that's a check. Check it off. And now I just have to wait. And I already told you how we're going to finance it internally, um, mm-hmm. either either paying all out cash or borrowing money from ourselves because um, that's going to be a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. um, but if we're profitable, <clears throat> we should be able to make a lot of that. Um, we typically try to, to, to pay for about half of our vehicles with cash and the other half with some type of loan instrument. So we'll, we'll do something along those lines, except for hope we're going to be our own loan instrument this time. There you so, go. So there's plenty to be excited about. And I think I mentioned to you, one of the things we just were in the process of getting a, a third office in Chester County. So I currently have an office in Bucks County. I say office. It's really just a warehouse, um, small office, but we're not trying to recreate what we have here in our building, but we're really trying to have a place for people to store some equipment, uh, wash out brushes and sprayers mm-hmm. and have a dumpster to drop off trash so they don't have to come back to our office, which could be an hour away. Um, so bootstrapping it, keeping the prices low, you know, making sure we don't have huge rents, um, but nonetheless, uh, trying to uh, make it easier to do business in a little further territories. Uh, so that's exciting um, to watch that we we may not be growing as fast as we like, but structurally wise, we're really yeah. building out for the future. So because a lot of these growths have happened in leaps and bounds, like, you know, we basically grew grew over the years. And what's one of the things that our business plan is we chart our growth. You know, we did. I told you we were stuck at 5 million and change for a while. And then we did 6 million, 7 million, 8 million, and we jumped right to 10 million and then right to 12 million. So sometimes it's like, it's definitely not as linear as I'd like it, but, um, but so some life, life isn't, life isn't linear as we've seen and their life is a roller coaster and all in all of its facets. And so we're along for the ride and we, we take the dips and we take the uphills when they come. Yeah, and we want to know roughly what it's going to look like right, right. before we get on the ride. <laughs> and that's and that's why we do the plan, and we yeah. and that's why we look at it again every ninety days uh, to see where we are and where we're off. Um, and that's why we share it with the team at the beginning of the year and share it again with the team at the end of the year, so that they are still kind of with you and understand you know what has happened um, and where you're looking to go. Um, and Kev, I'm going to ask leave, leave us here with one final thing. What are you personally most looking forward to in 2022? Me personally, well, you know, I've talked about this this succession plan, and I am going to uh, continually take more time away from the business, um, which is not as easy as it sounds. It both had there's there's the pull of of being involved and being the go to person that people people look to. It's kind of addicting, as you would imagine, you know, everybody uh, kind of looks to you as the leader and that's addicting. Um, 
And then there's the pull of having to say no. If you don't say no, you'll just be as busy as you can be all the time. Um, but I'm determined to pull away and get into maybe get involved in some other entrepreneurial things. And because for me, when I think about leaving in two and a half years, it doesn't mean Kev's here, works 60 hours, 50, 60 hours a week for two and a half years, and then he's gone. Uh, it's really about the slow fade away, the, the slow disappearing. So, so that's fun. So it means I get a chance to start to test some new entrepreneurial waters in the future. And I do have uh, entrepreneurial ideas um, that I want to play with. So, um, so yeah, so I think I mostly look forward to um, a version of semi-retirement over the next couple of years before I have sort of a full retirement. Um, I know my dad had semi-retirement and he always said um, that it was the best life of all when you're as engaged as you want to be, you know. It's going after that primary aim at the end of the day. Well, Kev, thank you so much for for sharing kind of a glimpse into your and the Nolan Painting world. Um, I enjoy these conversations every year and I will look forward to doing this the same time next year in 2022. And let's see where we're at. And hopefully COVID doesn't exist. Hopefully, yeah. (laughs) Either way, we'll fill it. We'll come up with a plan for it. We will. We will figure it out. We adapt. Um, Well, thank you so much. Happy holidays. Thank you, Molly. To you and all at Nolan Painting. Have a great holiday. You as well. Thanks. Bye-bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode. Out of the Hourglass is recorded and produced by the team at Nolan Consulting Group, a nationwide business coaching and consulting firm with coaches located throughout the country. Have a question, comment, or idea for future episodes? We'd love to hear from you. Visit our website, www.nolancg.com.